Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And I couldn't get no satisfaction about my mock draft. Yeah, you were catching some hate for your mock draft. Why do you think that is? I'll just give you a little bit of a taste of being a Lions fan. You know, a lot of Lions fans, I don't think that they're, uh, I don't think that they think it all through. You think they're thinking at all about this? All they're thinking of is, we just don't want to be embarrassed. Well, yeah, that might be true, too. But, you know, Lions fans are prone to thinking, oh, we have to draft by need, we have to draft by need, and we have to draft by need. But in the past, when you draft by need, as a Lions fan, you usually get screwed. You usually get screwed. You drafted Jeff Okuda because you needed a cornerback when you traded Darius Slade. He ended up being a total waste of pick as a third overall pick. And, uh, yeah, you drafted by need. You drafted T.J. Hawkinson because he needed a, a, a tight end early in the first round. Um, hate to say this, but he hasn't lived up to his his uh, his play either. Because when I draft you in the top ten, I want you to be one of the best in the NFL. Okay, another person you drafted. You drafted Eric Ebron because he needed a tight end in with the year that you passed on Aaron Donald, who you actually really did need, and he's actually a really good player. He won a Super Bowl. And he won Super Bowl MVP because, you know, and he, but he passed on him because you needed a tight end. And Mark Mayhew thought that he would re-sign Sue when Sue didn't really want to be here. You drafted on need on many of occasions, and look what it's got you. Absolutely nothing. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you're a Lions fan, do you draft by need? No, you don't draft by need. You draft by talent. And then you fill in the rest of the roster. Because here's the problem with the, with Lions fans. They say we need a quarterback, right? Yeah. I see it a lot. You're not drafting a quarterback. You know, most of these quarterbacks in in uh, in this this draft, mm-hmm. they you can find better quarterbacks in college right now that are better than these okay. hamstrung losers. Everybody likes the guy named Malik Willis, right? Yeah, oh, he could throw a thousand feet. Uh, did you watch him against Auburn? Did you watch him against Ole Miss? The, the guy got spooked every time someone came in, the, in, in his backfield. Like, Pickett, the, the guy from Pitt. He had one good year. He has hands of a, of, of, of a three-year-old, and you suddenly want to make him an NFL quarterback. No, I'll pass. Like, seriously, I'll pass nine times out of ten. People Sounds got- like ten times out of ten. Yeah, ten times out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Nine times out of ten is when someone dies and I need a quarterback. But I'm not drafting in the first round. 
I mean, if there was only one quarterback I'd draft in the first round, it'd be Sam Howell, and I wouldn't even draft him in the first round because I don't think any of these quarterbacks are worth a first-round pick. I think as a first-round pick, you should come into the NFL and you should be very, very good to start. You should be, you should be showing progress. You know, you're not going to be great. You're not going to be Tom Brady to start out. I don't expect you to be Tom Brady to start out, but you got to be at least good. None of these quarterbacks I think are good. Okay, so let's go on to that. And then the second part is people think that you need a defensive end in this draft. Yes, you do need a defensive end, but this is such a defensive end draft where there's so much depth at the position is where you can get in other rounds. And I know, I know. I can't even get a word in edgewise today. You were on a roll. Go. And, and you I, know. And I know Lions fans think that the draft ends after the first round, but I can tell you that it doesn't end after, after the first round. Most Lions fans, they don't understand that the draft goes seven rounds. And you know what? The good teams, the good teams like the Steelers, yeah. the uh, Ravens, uh, yeah. the Patriots, uh, all those those teams that convincingly win all the time. Yep. Oh, and the LA Rams, which your GM came from. Uh, they draft well all throughout the draft. And they don't wait. They don't uh, make these picks that end up busting out like Bill Bentley's dumbass. Or 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 uh, or uh, Ryan Broyles or Titus Young or Mikel Shore like you know Lions fans have been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. No. And it, and you and you look across. You can go across Woodward and go to the Little Caesars Arena, and you can see another team in the city of Detroit that actually drafts convincingly well after the first round, and the Red Wings. And then you could look at that and see, yep, there is more rounds to the end, you know, the draft than the first round. Right. So when I picked Jordan Davis, a lot of people thought, okay, Jordan Davis, he's a defensive tackle, didn't, he played limited snaps, all that jazz, which is just gobbledygook because if you don't understand, if you don't understand the... Uh, it's a very technical term, by the way, for all of you who are listening, gobbledygook. Go ahead. Add a point there. It is, it is. Because if you don't understand Georgia's schemes, you'll say, okay, well, you know, why are they, they play, they play, uh, Jordan Davis played limited snaps. Yeah, because that's the way the defense is run. Like, they, they mix in the defense tackles because they're different. They, there's different styles that they want, and that's what good teams do. You know, the the Lions are going to go to a, four, uh, a four-man front, okay? Mm-hmm. So that means that they're going to be using four-man fronts a lot. So... I, if I could show up the interior of the line and I could say Jordan Davis, Aline McNeil up the middle, that's oh, that's over 700 pounds of man. And there's going to be four people that are going to block those two dudes because they're mountains of men. That's serious. Which, that makes it easier for a guy like Romeo Aquara, Charles Harris if he comes back, um, a Julian Aquara, any guy that they get in the draft. It makes it easier for them because now they only have to beat one man instead of two. That's that's and then then you then you say then you go okay well they can blitz too and then it opens up so much because you got to command double teams to these two massive dudes in the middle middle yeah because if they're so big they take up a lot of room you're gonna have to get double the power because I don't think one man's taking around Jordan Davis. Right. So that's why I picked him. And people were like, why did you pick Jordan Davis? Well, that's the reason why I picked him. Because if they're going to go a four-man front, like they, like Dan Campbell said, let's put two mountains in the middle, and you try to move these 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 boys. 
Yeah, you, you can't move. That's the one thing is you can't. You come up against a physical wall, a physical force. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. Um, and I think I think Jordan Davis, you know, we talk about all the time culture and building yep. the culture. Yeah. I think when you look at a guy like Dan Campbell, what is he like in his team? He likes tenacity. He likes guys that are just ugly. Physicality. Physical. You know, yep. they play physical. Yep. They give you a little bit of edge. Jordan Davis gives that. I mean, he's he's an edgy player, and he's and he ran a forty faster than Patrick Mahomes. Yes, which by the way they tweeted, which Patrick tweeted about, and uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't do yeah. me like that. Don't but do me like that. That's he, what, you should have played that song, Joe. But don't do me like that. If right? if, 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 if 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 poor uh, guy, if Jordan Davis can run like that, right? Do I think he get chased down on a guy like Aaron Rodgers? Do I think he could chase down a guy like Justin Fields? Oh, heck Do yeah. I think I, he could chase down a guy like Kirk Cousins, who is, who is not that fast? Hell, yes. Absolutely. Because, listen, you're going to have to command a lot of power to these two guys that you have in the middle, and Lee McNeil and uh, Jordan Davis, and that will open up the entire defense. Because when the Detroit Lions had a good defense in 2014, what did they have in the middle? They had Sue and Fairley, two dominant defense tackles that commanded double teams, and they didn't really have great rush ends. But the rush ends got the benefit because those two guys in the middle took up so much power. That's why I took the Jordan Davis the second pick. And then people were like, the rest of the draft sucked too. Which I don't really get because you got you got Christian Harris, linebacker. You need a linebacker. He's a good linebacker from Alabama. You got he, he really tested out well in in, in the in the combine. And I liked him before the combine too. And then there's a guy like Maji Sanders, who's a guy from Cincinnati. He's, an, he's a defensive end, uh-huh. which they need, right? They need that. They need a defensive end. He. Some is, people would argue they need everything, but go on. Oh, well, that's true. They need a top. They need. A, they need. He was one of the top forties at the edge position. He he didn't have a great combine, but I look at his tape and he's got very very good skill. And then with the two third round picks, you get two wide receivers. Jalen Tolbert. He's a size. He's got size. He's six three. Can run. He has physical comps to a guy in the division who Lions fans know because he plays for the Packers. And Devontae Adams, he's fast. He, he he runs routes really really well. And if you're a Lions fan, you should know who Devontae Adams is and what he commands and what he does. And then in the with the third, other third round pick, you got Tyquan uh, Thompson, who had the fastest forty in combine history. So as a wide receiver, I think it's pretty, it's pretty good to have a good forty. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's an indicator of you know raw athleticism is what it is. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a really good um, indicator well, if, of, of what because if you don't have if you if you don't have anyone who's showing athleticism, um, I think you've got to end up coaching around them. You got a guy who's got athleticism. All you need to do is now take that. It's like having, you know, a raw, you know, something raw that you can turn into or into whatever you need just it to run be. Just run get the catch the ball. Yeah, just run, run it. Just, yeah. Because you know what, you've got a guy who can who has already mastered the essentials, yep. right? The essential elements. And sometimes it, it's you know, and you when you have that, you've got somebody where you can get consistency out of. And if anything else, when you're trying to build something, especially rebuild something, as we know, this is Rebuild City, mm-hmm. um, 
you need some kind of consistency. You need some kind of baseline, and then you can build it from there. Because if you're having to fix elementary problems, you can never get past that. You're spending all of your time with things that you know shouldn't be issues, um, and you never work, move on to more advanced, uh, you know, complex problems. So that's why I like the guys who show speed, agility. Um, you know, you know, um, just the, the the ability to um, to have the the basic functions of of the job. I mean, let's call it it's what it is. You know, I mean, can you do the job? And now it's a matter of training you up, getting you smart, getting you to work in your organization, getting you to work inside the program that's been designed, um, that kind of thing. But if you don't have those, you know, those basics, I don't know, just I think a really good starting point. Yeah, it's a very good starting point. And, you know, people don't like that I picked a tight end in the fourth round with Cole Turner. The reality of the situation is the Lions are in a situation where they have to get a tight end in here because I don't know if you could pay – uh, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews money because that's what's probably going to be expected. Uh, TJ Hawkinson has not lived up to Mark Andrews money. And to be honest, he's been a league average tight end. He's been a league average tight end because he can't, you know, when you're, if I'm going to pay you top level money, I expect you to be making top level plays. I expect you to make plays after the catch. I expect you to make plays like a George Kittle. I expect you to make plays like Mark Andrews. I expect you to make those plays that are expected, that you are expected to do because you are a top-level player. You mean even a, a Gronkowski, right? Yeah. Tom Brady's boy. The one thing that Gronk does really, really well is he catches touchdowns. He gets. He's a red zone. Imagine target. that. He's a red zone. He's a red zone target. It doesn't get any more basic. And he's, trust, and he's trusted. When you ask, when you ask me for what you need in a tight end, you need to be yeah. trusted. Yeah. And you know, if I if I can trust you, get the first down after with the you know three yards after the catch, that's what I expect. And you know, T.J. Hawkinson, he didn't have a lot of help last year. I mean, Amaran came at the end of the year. He came. He, he was coming on, but you know. When you're a top-level player, I expect you to at least do the minimum, and I'm expecting more from T.J. Hawkinson this year. So there's no better way to get another tight end in here saying, listen, boy, get your stuff together, make some plays, do something. Yeah, because, I think because, I think a lot of people expected more out of T.J. Hawkinson. I can tell you that because, because uh, your, I think there's your, a lot of disappointed people. Your head coach her. was a former tight end. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows what it's, it's – it, he knows what it's – you have to do to become a good tight end. And he yeah. was a tight end uh, coach in New Orleans where th- that tight end, he's he's seen good tight ends come through there and make plays because that's what you need in the NFL. And I think that just getting a young body in here, kind of saying, okay, TJ, it's time to take the next step. I think that really puts him on another level. And then I think, you know, that's what you got to do with the Lions. I think that they have to make those those moves to get better. I think that they're at a position like the Red Wings where they need players to step up. You know, your offensive line is going to be one of the top five offensive lines in, in the NFL. You're going to mm-hmm. get Frank Ragnall back. You're going to get Dale Decker back. Sewell's a monster. Jonah Jackson was in the Pro Bowl last year. You got Vitae who played really, really well at his position. It's it's, it's pooper get off potty for him and, and, and Jared Goff. Right. It's, it's time. It's time to step it up because you don't have any. You don't have any um, 
excuses because Goff and Hawkinson, they need to get play a lot better because there is no excuses that you know offense line and play good. And that's the, that's the other. And DeAndre Swift is another one. Show us you can stay healthy. Because if you can't stay healthy, there's going to be another running back that's coming in here, and he's going to take your job. That's the way it goes, and that's the way it's, that's the way it should be. Yeah. And I think that's the way Brett Holmes is saying, like, listen, guys, like, he's going to give everybody ample room to, to improve. But I think at the end of, at the end of next year, he's going to look at he's going to make some difficult decisions that a lot of Lions fans won't understand because Lions, let's face it, Lions fans don't know what a good football team looks like. How could they possibly? <laughs> they haven't seen. They haven't, they haven't seen, seen one. They haven't seen a good football team, right? They haven't seen. You know, they haven't. You know, saw the, what it takes to become a Super Bowl champion, and that's what Brad Holmes is, is trying to divide for. You know, he wants to win a Super Bowl. And he wants to win in Detroit, and he's got the the people in the front office who will make those decisions that will really, really make the Detroit Lions a better football team altogether. And let's hope that they can do that sooner rather than later. Uh, let's hope that, that they take advantage of the draft. You know, the thing of it is, is that, you know, so many people get wrapped up in that that first round draft or whatever. But when we've talked about this before, and that is that you can really tell the sophistication of your uh, of the people in your organization when you see how they draft four, five, six rounds down. Yeah. Uh, that really shows sophistication. Anybody can pretty much pick the first or second round draft, right, uh, picks. I mean, the, the, those don't take rocket science, but you really see the sophistication and you get an indication of the direction that the Lions are going to go in when you look at them uh, further down into those uh, deeper deeper rounds in the draft. Yeah, and I think that if you're, you know, looking at the Detroit Lions as a whole, there's a lot of things that they got to get better at. And then, um, obviously, the free agency starts in a couple, couple in next week. And I think that uh, there's a couple of names that I think they can sign that will make the team better. And I think the reason I did this mock draft the way I did is because I had free agents that I think the Lions are going to sign. And I think they're going to sign a Marcus Williams, I, the safety from New Orleans, who obviously knows Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go out and they're going to pay – Pay an edge rusher. Uh, I think they're going to get an edge rusher like a guy like Solomon Thomas. Yeah, but how much is it going to take? You know, that's a good question, Joe. How much is it going to take? How much do they have to spend to get some talent to come here? Because people don't want to come here, Joe. They want to play for a winner. They don't want to play for a losing team. They don't want to be embarrassed. How much is it going to take? I think they see what Dan Campbell has. I mean, it's going to take. What's it take? Thirty million, fifty million? No, I think. I think. You, as a player, you see what Dan Campbell, how he coaches, and I think there are certain players that are very, very um, excited about the opportunity to play for a coach that has their players back like Dan Campbell has a player's back. So what you're saying is that there are mitigating circumstances that might offset the financial uh, that they that in that maybe we can get some guys to come here uh, because they want to be part of what's happening. Yeah, and I think that you got you got to look at it like, you know, what does Stevie Y get players in here for? Because you know, they want to play for Stevie Y. Well, yeah, but that's exactly it. I mean, they want to wear the wing wheel, they want to win championships, and they want to. They think that they could take the team the next step forward. I think when you get fit free, I think that uh, when Brett Holmes talks to these free agents and their agents, he goes, oh, "Listen, I, this is not a, just a, a you know one year plan. I want to get this, I want to get this team better." 
and you're how I will make the team better. You, know, you get a guy like Marcus Williams. You re-sign Tracy Walker, like I, I've been told they will. Um, you make your team better. You get your team better for the future by just making these signings. And you 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 tell the players, I want you to be a part of this because you're a big part of this, and this you're the reason I'm going after you. I mean, to be in the, get in the mind of a general manager, if I'm if I'm Brad Holmes, I'm telling the players like, listen, I need you because you're the reason I called you because I think that you can help us win. I think you're you're, you're the guy that can take us to the next step. And I know that probably next year won't be this easy year. I think going into the future, I think you'd be one of the biggest parts of our team. So maybe, you know, it's a matter of a feeling of job satisfaction and that you're contributing to an organization. And I got to tell you, there's some truth to that, Joe. There's more truth to that than people think, you know, because I have, you know, someone um, in my family I'm very close to who took a job opportunity and, um, you know, the reason he took it is, you know, yeah, it was a little bit more money, but, you know, there was some inconvenience, there was some relocation that had to be done and so forth. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people listening out there, you've, t- you've left jobs sometimes for less money because you couldn't stand where you were at. Right. Right. And you wanted to be a part of something where you were, or go somewhere where you were appreciated. Yeah. And uh, that your, you know, so your talent and value is recognized. And so, you know, I had someone like I said, it's made that made that leap for that reason, and uh, you know, wasn't feeling the love, wasn't feeling the love too much. And I'll tell you, you know, even after everything he had to go through to take that job, um, you know, he's, he was looking, he was looking, and um, you know, now things have changed, and now you know it's a little bit better. But you're right, even though it was more money, a nicer locale, uh, the whole thing, a lot of circumstances better. But um, if you're not feeling appreciated. If you're not feeling like you're bringing value, you're not. You know, it's really hard to be to have job satisfaction. Maybe what Dan Campbell can do is take advantage of that, offer that because he sure as hell can't offer the chance of a Super Bowl right now. Yeah. Uh, but he can offer at least that element, and that may get some people to move who are currently uncomfortable where they're at because they are lacking that in their current position. I think you know. It's something to be told, too, if a rebuilding team comes to you and says, listen, I need you to become the leader of this team. Yeah, that I, kind of opportunity. I, I, I think that opportunity really plays itself, and I think that you can get some guys in here who are willing to make the sacrifices uh, to make this a good team. You know, deal with a, a bad year next year because, you know, I don't think it will be a great year next year for them because they're still going to be very, very dis. You know, they're not going to have as much talent as the rest of the teams in the NFC because it's a very tough conference. But, I mean, you look at the Lions and you go, there's there's several opportunities for them to get better. And I think they will get better. I think they're really on track to get better. And I think that Brad Holmes, this offseason, he's going to make it a really big point to get some talent in here so he can really gauge some other players. Well, I mean, and look at what they were able to do at the end of the season. I mean, if nothing else, the Detroit Lions did show, and Dan Campbell showed, that they can hang in there with some of the best teams in the in the National Football League. Yeah. And if they did it, you know, because I think people were beginning to believe, and, even, you know, even maybe some of their members of their team were thinking, man, well, we, we can't do this. That proved otherwise. I think, so I think what that the, was important. I think what the end of the year proved for the Detroit Lions is – you look at the Detroit Lions and you go, okay, 
Later in the year, everything that they went through in the first part of the year where they were they couldn't close games out and they were having trouble closing games out, they became better at. And they became better at getting the better at closing games out, learning how to win. Dan Campbell, you know, he had the team fighting till the end. I think that's that's, the that's, 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 that's something the truth. that's you know, I think in every sport you're gonna have games where you're gonna get your ass kicked. You know? That happens. But when you can come back and play and have a good effort in the next game, that shows more about coaching than I think that you can get from anything. I think coaching you know, we talk about the Red Wings over when they're, you know, they just got their ass kicked last night by the, the Coyotes. I think tomorrow is a big game because if they don't yeah. come out and play their game and they don't play a well game, I think that shows a lot about coaching. But I think that they will have a good game because they've shown that they can come back from bad losses. You know, it's the same thing with the Lions. You know, they came back from some pretty dysfunctional bad losses against the Bengals and the Eagles and, and the right. Broncos and they came out and played a good game the next the next week. And I think that's what you have to expect from the Detroit Lions. I mean they weren't the most talented team, but man, they played but they played their ass off and that's all you can They really were certainly respect. the most tenacious team at the end of the season. Yeah. I yeah. don't think you could argue that. And they fought to the bitter end. And you know what, if you're asking what you want in a team that's rebuilding, just fight. Just fight. Yeah, show me some heart. Show me some fight. Show me that you're invested in this. Yep. Absolutely. And they've got that going for them. And they dealt with a lot of injuries last year. There, yep. there was a ton of injuries for the Lions. They had uh, – right now was out. You know, COVID ravaged the team throughout the you know the season. And they just – they really couldn't get going. And then they finally started – you know, last part of the year, they started turning it on making – I mean, they went – I think it was – you know, they – they pretty much played 500 ball at the end of the year because they won. Uh, they, they tied the game against Pittsburgh. They won against Minnesota. Won against Green Bay. Won against Arizona. I mean, they basically played a really, really good game. You know, they went three and three in the last part of the year with a tie, and that's really all you can ask for a team that's rebuilding. Well, and I'll tell you, you know. I think when these other teams came in and they're playing the Lions or the Lions are coming to play them, I don't really it was think... like it was like a joke. They were, the Lions were a joke, but at the end of the season, yeah, finally they were getting shown some respect and people were taking them seriously. Yeah, because I think when you know, like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. I didn't think the I didn't think other teams came into Ford Field or playing Lions and said, okay, this team is you know easy until they got hit in the mouth and are like, okay, this is dirt. They mean business. We got right. to start playing our game. That's yep. credit to Dan Campbell, and that's a credit to the coaching staff, how they got these guys prepared last year with the amount of injuries they had and all that stuff. But this year I look for them to make a really good step forward. I think that they will, and I think that Brad Holmes is going to make this team better for the future, but I think he's going to make them better next year because I think that they will be a better team next year. I think so too. And that is all for this section. Uh, se- uh, no, this <laughs> I can't even get it out. This uh, your mouth is still numb from the dental work you had right, yesterday. Yeah, this portion. Joe had a very rough week. Just so you all know, Jeff had a Joe had a very rough day yesterday. He had some brutal dental work done. His mouth was half swollen shut, and he was trying to yell at the Red Wings at the same time. It was not a good time. It was brutal. But this is the next segment we will be talking about: is who is the better player moving forward? 
in Detroit sports. Is it Mort Sider or is it Cade Cunningham? And that will be in the next segment. Thanks for joining for the Lions segment. We will have more on Detroit Lions news and between the whistles. So stay tuned to your hometown team. Join us.